It's the Basketball Hall of Fame's Legends Podcast. I'm Kyle Belanger. Joining me today is a 2013 Naismith Memorial Basketball Hall of Fame enshrinee. He's an NBA scoring champion, a four-time NBA All-Star, a two-time All-NBA First Teamer, a three-time SEC Player of the Year, and one of the most unstoppable forces during a decade, the 80s, full of unstoppable forces. We are, of course, talking about Bernard King. Bernard, thanks so much for joining me today. Thank you. I'm delighted to be joining you. Now, um, Bernard, you're a Brooklyn guy, Fort Hamilton to be exact. Can you talk about the way your upbringing in Brooklyn in the late 60s and early 70s shaped you as both a basketball player and a man? Well, uh, during that period of time, um, basketball in New York was the most celebrated basketball in the country. Uh, you had legendary players uh, playing on the playgrounds in New York City where I developed my game, uh, certainly. And so I would travel all over the city in all the boroughs uh, to participate in the game. And one of the beauties of basketball, uh, you can take your ball anywhere around New York City or anywhere in the country and find a court to play on and competitive competition. So that was really a wonderful time. Uh, to, to learn the game. And as uh, far as my experience at uh, Fort Hamilton, playing for uh, Ken Curran, uh, my high school coach, but I want to step back for a moment and regret. I played for a legendary uh, playground coach named Gil Reynolds. And he coached some of the finest players that's ever come out of New York. And uh, there was a point in time during my basketball life as, as a youngster uh, I thought that I wanted to go to the next level in order to do that. I would have to team up with uh, the legendary coach, Gil Reynolds. And uh, I went in one day for a tryout, and in his gruff manner, because he was a former sergeant Marine, uh, he stood there for a moment, coaching other players, and he turned to me and said, what do you want? <laughs> <laughs> and then he said, uh, I would like to try out for the team. And um, I, I, I was tired of losing to Gil Reynolds' club. But they would win all the trophies, and we would come in second. And, and the other emphasis was I, I wanted the green bags that all of them came to carry. Uh, with white lettering on it, never forget it, uh, saying Restoration Eagles with an eagle on the bag. And I got, I got that bag. <laughs> <laughs> if not for the good merchandise, we might not know Bernard King. <laughs> I, I love that. And now on the court, um, your success was just fantastic. That, of course, your, your playground and your high school experience led you uh, to, to Tennessee, where your career is now legendary. You won three SEC Players of the Year awards um, and, and averaged a double-double um, for your career, still the only Tennessee volunteer to do so. What about your game fit so perfectly for Knoxville at that time? Well, um, the SEC as, as a conference was uh, really just starting to emerge as a, a powerhouse conference in, uh, in NCAA basketball. Uh, you obviously had uh, Kentucky, the legendary Kentucky Wildcats, and Alabama. But teaming with Ernie Grunfeld, uh, whom I teamed with at Tennessee, and he was also in New York at the Forest Hills, Queens, uh, it was a perfect fit for the two of us, and uh, we had tremendous chemistry. Uh, coach by great coach in, in Ray Mears, and excellent facilities, a wonderful university, 35,000 students on campus, if you can imagine that. Uh, additionally, there's a football stadium on campus that uh, 
held 100,000. And uh, we, we filled out every game, and we brought an exciting brand of basketball that we brought from New York. And uh, we just met uh, with that basketball environment and uh, had a wonderful experience of between Ernie and I. And you know, of course, those 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 teams are legendary. Those those performances you put on are legendary. But but in truth, the basketballs, um, you know, sort of half of the story. Because you know, I contend in in a lot of work that I've done that much of basketball is really in a unique position to mimic uh, the history of our country. So, can you talk about the culture change between going from Brooklyn and, and Queens, as you and and and, and Ernie did? Um, to Knoxville, Tennessee, that had to be a culture shock for both of you. I, I, I don't know that it was a culture shock, uh, shock for me. I can't necessarily speak for Ernie, but uh, excuse me. I attended high school at uh, Fort Hamilton High School in Brooklyn, out in Bay Ridge, Brooklyn, and that, that was the uh, era busing uh, to integrate the school systems uh, in New York City. And so, Fort Hamilton High School was a predominantly white high school. Um, very few African Americans uh, attended that school when I when I enrolled. My oldest brother also attended Fort Hamilton, and he graduated in June of, of that year in '74, uh, I guess it was. And uh, I ended in uh, September. And so, uh, I was very comfortable with the environment there. And um, University of Tennessee to a large extent, mimic that environment. And so I, I, I don't know that it was a culture shock other than the music. <laughs> <laughs> that's, so, that's so well played. Uh, something about old Rocky Top didn't really, uh, didn't really sound familiar, I imagine. <laughs> then, well, uh, that, was, that was quite special, but uh, uh, obviously, uh, yeah, I'm sure you're quite familiar with Tennessee. It uh, was the land of country music. And uh, we didn't hear country music in Brooklyn or in New York in general. <laughs> well, maybe I just didn't tune to that particular station. <laughs> so that, that, that was the only culture shock. <laughs> then, of course, there's the NBA draft. Uh, you go seventh overall to the then New York Nets. Can you talk about that as a homecoming and give me a sense of your draft day experience? Well, growing up, my, my attitude always was, uh, whether it was on the collegiate level or at any other level, to be the best possible player on any level I ever play. So I never really looked ahead to a potential NBA career uh, until um, my first year in Tennessee when uh, at 17 years old I scored 42 points in my first game. So that kind of uh, awakens your spirit for the NBA and, and uh, forecasting that as a potential uh, career for myself. And, Certainly, um, with the success I achieved at Tennessee, uh, along with my teammates and, and Ernie, it uh, really helped prepare me uh, playing against the great teams of Kentucky and the other uh, ball clubs in SEC. It really prepared me quite well for uh, for the NBA, and I, I just decided after my junior year, Ernie was leaving in his senior year, and, and so I wouldn't have had much support. And although I had great respect from the teammates, I wouldn't have had anyone like Ernie Grenfell. So I really thought it was time to uh, move on. And um, I was drafted by the New Jersey Nets. And uh, although I was on the other side of the Hudson River, uh, it was a tremendous experience to uh, make it all the way from Brooklyn Playgrounds to the NBA. So that was tremendous. 
and the numbers of your career are, are eye-popping. Obviously, we could spend 15 minutes alone just going through the incredible numbers, but I think the thing that doesn't get enough attention in the career of Bernard King is the determination uh, to battle back from so many um, major injuries, uh, and you did so many times. Was there ever an injury that, that pushed you closer to the brink, uh, just throwing your palms to the sky, than, than, than another injury? Was there one that just put you really close to the edge? I, I, I would have to say uh, no to that, uh, simply uh, because my, my thought process has always been, in, in life, you may fall now, but the pain is not in the falling. The pain is in getting up. And so many people, oftentimes, uh, whatever those challenges that they may face in their own individual lives, uh, fail to get up. Uh, so, uh, growing up in, in Brooklyn, uh, I was tested uh, quite often, and so I was accustomed to dealing with challenges on a very high level. And uh, for, for me, um, it was not a problem. For example, I, uh, when I was with the Knicks, uh, I, I tore my knee up and tore my ACL and tear cruciate ligament, broke a bone, tore my cartilage. And um, at that time, no one had ever come back from that uh, type of injury. So it, for me, it was uh, just simply being focused, uh, self-motivated, and believing that um, I could feel Mount Everest, not in a day, but over time, and uh, appreciate each thing, each uh, achievement on every day. Well, there was a joy in your game that certainly spoke to that to that determination and that focus. So in terms of your teams, there, there aren't many Hall of Famers who had the opportunity to play in so many marquee cities. Uh, you suited up for the Nets, the Jazz, the Warriors, the Knicks, the Bullets. Looking back, was, was there one stop that you wished lasted even longer than it did? Uh, obviously, for, for me, the mainstay of my career, what I always dreamed of, and every kid growing up in New York dreamed of, was playing for the New York Knicks. Sure. But if you want to uh, talk about coming of age, uh, I would say that occurred uh, with Golden State Warriors. And uh, during my time there, played for a Hall of Fame coach in Mount Lattles, uh, legendary playing, World B free, and uh, some really great teammates. Uh, but I truly love living in that area. It was a very special time for, for me and for us. We were very close to the team. And I truly thought I would remain there for most of my career. But when the opportunity developed for me to uh, go to New York, uh, certainly, I, I, I wanted to go home, but um, the Warriors and the Bay Area in general uh, will always have such a place in my heart. Finally, for Bernard King, what does it mean for you to be working with the Hall of Fame at this stage in your life? Well, it's quite wonderful. I, I never projected that one day I would uh, be inducted into the Hall of Fame. It's, it's not a right, it's not an expectation that one. Uh, would have as it relates to their career. But when you think about the Hall of Fame as the bastion of basketball and the history of the game that it commands uh, in, throughout the entire world, in fact, not just here in the United States, basketball is a global sport. And to be including among the um, legendary great players uh, is purely uh, very special. It's not something you ever dream of and to... Uh, stand there on that podium and uh, to be inducted is something I'll never forget for the rest of my life and it's, um, it's wonderful. 
Bernard King is a 2013 Naismith Memorial Basketball Hall of Fame enshrinee. He's an NBA scoring champion, a four-time NBA All-Star, a two-time All-NBA First Teamer, a three-time SEC Player of the Year, and one of the true titans of the sport we love. Bernard, thank you so much for joining me today. And my name for the chat was this, and if it's okay, Kyle, my book is called Game Face. Uh, it's already up on the website, uh, gamefacebook.net, and you can go to that site and see excerpts, you can see photos from the book, and the Hall of Fame is kind enough to supply one of those photos, and uh, that's very special. I have uh, book quotes from Amanda Grunfeld, Earl Monroe, Matthew Lieberman, Rick Pacino, uh, Rick Bond, the coach at uh, Tennessee, and Charles Barkley as well. And uh, it, it mimics my life, it's about my life, and uh, there are a lot of aspects in, in the book that uh, no one is aware of. And so I look forward to sharing that in, in the months ahead, but it's there in the meantime again, Facebook.net. I will go today and place my pre-order. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it, Bernard. Well, thank you.